Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313-RADICAL now. That's area code 313-RADICAL. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month? What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms? What to do when she has left the home with or without the children? What to do when you're divorced but didn't want it? Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, baby. The podcast that helps you fix your Catholic marriage while also giving you winning tactics for marriage problems, girlfriend problems, and intimacy problems for men. But moreover, well, my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court and where marriage unchained, the art of one flesh divorce combat coaching is the flavor of the day while also helping men understand courting, not dating in the Catholic phase. Why? Because dating is for sex and courting is for marriage. In this 135th episode, the Holy Lover series continues with how to save my Catholic marriage when my wife has given up. And today we uncover the all-important gift number 25, six reasons the marital embrace is more important for wives. Woo! Boy, y'all ain't gonna lie. Y'all gonna love this one. So, Plus, live calls from you answer your marriage and crisis questions. So get in that queue, call 313-RADICAL or call from your uh, the, your browser at callinstudio.com slash radical1 for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, and so the quote of the day, let's do this. Quote, in marriage, in the marriage act, love is triune. Wife gives self to husband and husband to self, and out of that mutual self-giving is born the ecstasy of love. The spirit, too, must have its ecstasy. What the union of husband and wife is in the order of flesh, the union of the human and the risen Christ is in holy communion. End quote. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Bam. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for some resolution to your marriage confusion. And so we now get into our content. 
and the Catholic Alpha's radical rant of the day, how to save my marriage when my wife is giving up, six reasons the marital embrace is more important for women and why. And this is part one. We will do part two on our next show. And so today we discover, uncover gift number 25 of the Holy Lover series. And what is a holy lover? That is you being the man that God created you to be and you becoming the husband that your wife desperately needs. So in gift 25, there are 33 gifts in the Holy Lover series. So we're getting down to the end. We have like eight or seven or eight more. Um, and with that being said, 33 gifts means that we have bestowed these 33 gifts upon our beloved, our wife, um, as we become, we, we grow our relationship with God and we show her that we are no longer uh, the dud that we have been for the last year, five years, 20 years, or 30 years. Okay. So gift 25 states, a holy lover must recognize he is duty bound to give his beloved the gift of at least one climax during the holy caress. Oh, boy, I'm going to get some pushback from that one. <laughs> Woo, Jerry, how can you just say it like that? Well, I could have said orgasm, but, you know, folks don't like when you say that one. <laughs> so that being said, We've got to understand the marital embrace. People who don't understand the marital embrace truly and don't understand women, yes, they might think that that statement's a little bold, a little out there, but it's not. If you are a man and you're truly uh, honest with yourself, you know that what I just said is true. Um, and so let's get into our content, shall we? So, so picture this. A man, any man in America these days, it's his anniversary Brother man's got a special night planned. You know, he's going to have some dinner, movie, dancing, dessert, late night drinks with his beloved. He's looking all spiffy. The wife looks beautiful, just as she did when they were first married. He takes her to their favorite surf and turf restaurant. He hasn't eaten since breakfast and he's starving. So he orders the works, a nice size fried plate starter, cheese sticks, cheese fries, fried chicken fingers, next a salad with blackened chicken breasts, some clam chowder from old New England with some dinner rolls. For the main course, a big, fat, juicy, smothered, covered 18-ounce ribeye with a baked potato. Oh, boy. Mm -mm -mm. And to top it off, two or three glasses of wine to really loosen things up, right? Now comes the movie with popcorn, soda, and bonbons. He's finally stuffed and can barely stay on the dance floor. After a couple of hours, his energetic wife is ready to go home, ready for some real fun. So you start for home. On the way home, there's a lot of touching, holding, and kissing and prep for the big night. Both of them are getting all worked up, as they should. They love each other deeply. Going to be a special night tonight, so he thinks. The wife puts on her lingerie, looking very sexy, he might add. The candles are lit. The lights go out. And everything is going fine. And all of a sudden, oops. Well, let's just say the night doesn't go as planned. Five, ten minutes tops. The lovemaking session is over. The husband turns over, satisfied, blissful, and clueless. And his beloved wife turns on the square box watches some television, and waits till the late-night television and the lights go out. Game over. Woo! Boy, how many times have we did that, fellas? Uh, how many times has that happened to us? You know, our wife is all ready to go. We're ready to go. We can't, we can't, we can't finish the job. And that's what's wrong. The marital embrace is not about you. It's not about you. And we focus on ourselves. We always fail. We always fail. Our wife ends up laying in the bed, watching some TV till she feels like she's ready to go sleep. And we got to remember the marital embrace is about God and our wife and not about us. Why? Because we are more quickly satisfied than our wife is. And if we don't know that and take that into consideration at all times, what happens to us, what happens to this, what happens to this man that just happened to him, happens to us. 
So why is sex more important for women? So today we're going to go part one. We're going to do an overview and kind of get your mind going on the marital embrace and kind of what it's for and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then on the next show, we're going to get into some St. Uh, Paul, St. Pope, John Paul II's um, uh, book on love and responsibility um, and some quotes that he I'm going to do some uh, my take on some quotes when it comes to the marital embrace for him. So we have a nice show today and a very good show tomorrow. OK, so try to hang with me because this information that I'm giving you is very important. And as a man, we've got to stop thinking we know everything. That is the killer. This is why we get marriage crisis, because we think we know our wife and we don't know our wife. We think we know everything about her. And we don't know nothing about her. Um, we don't even know when her monthly cycle is. And we say we know her, huh? Yeah. So what I want to do is try to get you, change your mindset a little bit about, about the marital embrace, what the church thinks about the marital embrace, because believe it or not, the Catholic Church has all the answers. If you just look and research and, and understand that Christ loves the marital embrace, he, he, he created it, he loves marriage, he created it, and the reasons for these things. So why is sex more important for women? Well, first of all, women are receivers. They're nurturers. They're more emotional because of the natural law. You got to understand, women, the reason your wife, you do something 20 years ago, and then today your wife brings it up is because she can't get over it. She remembers it because it's not soft for her. Women are emotional creatures, and the reason they are is not bad. It's a great thing because they need that to what? To connect and bond with the children and to nurture them and to nurture you. If women didn't have that, they wouldn't. they would be like a man. Do we, and today we see what that looks like. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you've got to understand the mental embrace sex affects women emotionally, psychologically and spiritually. Yes, it affects men like that, too, but not nearly as much as women. Women cannot accept trauma in their lives like a man can because of their emotional state. OK, that's why sex is more important for women. And if you know that and you embrace that then you understand when you make love to your wife or the dudes that are out there that make love to any girl um, and they're not, especially if they're not married to them, how it damages them. Okay. We've got to understand that God knows what he's talking about. God understands what he's talking about, but we always think that we know more than God. So what ends up happening is women open their legs, they get damaged, they get hurt, and then they try to blame the man because the man didn't keep his word. Well, that's not fair either. You can't give yourself to a man and then he doesn't do what you want him to do. And then you can't then get mad at him. That doesn't, that's not how it works. What you do as a woman is you don't give the man nothing and you make his butt marry you. And then when you give him your body and your soul and your heart and your mind and he breaks his word, then you can be upset. Then you have a gripe. Okay. Next, the next question we're going to go over, we, we're going over today is why, for the most part, are men so inadequate at lovemaking? Well, men, are, we're all born selfish, as I covered um, last week. We, men, you know, all of us are born self, you know, selfish. It's called concupiscence, which means to order towards sin. It's the fall. We can't help it. So when you try to act, you as a man, that's why it's very hard for you doing the mental embrace to control yourself or not to really, you know, to consider, to only think about yourself and your end goal, which is what? To, to, to climax. If as a man, your end goal when you're making love to your wife is to climax and experience your own ultimate pleasure, you have failed. You have failed as a man. You failed as a husband. And you failed for that sex session, too. And your wife is going to think you're selfish. Does any of that sound familiar? So if you know from the get-go that it's very hard for us as human beings not to be selfish, not to be narcissistic, it gets on my nerve. Everybody says, my wife is narcissistic. My husband's narcissistic. They don't even know what it means. That's just the Q word for the day of that everybody means. Look, do yourself and everybody else a favor and stop bringing up narcissism because most people don't even know what it means. And, it doesn't mean, and first of all, most people ain't narcissistic they are diabolical narcissists. Now, if you want to talk about that, that's a whole nother show. But as far as, you know, what it is, is people, they give people labels so they don't have to change. 
well, if my wife is this or my husband is this, see, that's the reason I don't have to do nothing to fix myself. Okay? So, that being said, why, for the most part, are men so in inadequate at lovemaking? Well, because, first of all, we're born selfish, and so it's hard for us to fight selfishness. It's not just men, all of us. But women in the bedroom, they're receivers. They don't have to fight nothing. They're receivers. They're receiving everything. So they get the, the their, your wife is the ultimate goal with whether you're a great lover or not. We all know that. But men, we don't want to ask her that because we don't want to know the real answer. <laughs> so next, um, conditioning after birth to be selfish and the I is more important than we or the you. And so when you're conditioned our whole life to be selfish, of course, that's going to transfer into the bedroom, right? Of course it is. Um, most men think that, well, if I give my wife one sexual peak, I've done my job. That is so far from the truth. We'll cover that in another gift. But right now, you're right. You are duty bound as a man to make sure that your wife has at least one uh, sexual peak when you're making love. Why? Because that's what the church says, too. And that's is that because your wife starts to feel used. And we'll go into that tomorrow more. Okay, so um, and so we're taught to be selfish. We only consider ourselves. We don't think we do, but we do. You know, just like I said earlier, if a man, if you're a husband, and your ultimate goal in that in that sex session is to um, climax yourself, you have already lost. Because guess what? You will. And then the sex session is over, as we all know. And then our wife starts to think, what? There were selfish oaths. Okay? She's not going to say it unless you frustrate her too bad over years, over months. Um, she might. Okay? So next, um, they are men. We are taught. Um, we are not taught about intimacy, and we learn it from winging it. Right? Basically, most men learn intimacy from winging it. From, well, this might be right. I guess this is right. I hope this is right. You know, we really don't know because, well, our fathers don't teach us a dang thing. These days, the church don't teach us a dang thing. So we just kind of go about what it, well, we're having kids, so I must be doing something right. Of course, you're having kids, and that's a great thing. Some guys got 12 kids, 15 kids, six kids, eight kids as a Catholic. You know how, Catholic, you know how we Catholics are. We love babies. But look, women... Women have babies for uh, for us. Women, you, we, everybody thinks women have babies for God and babies for um, themselves. No, they don't. Women have babies for us, for our love, to please us, to bond with us, to make us, to all of us, me and her, to grow together. Because women, the most important thing for women is the love of their man. You got to understand that. Now, they ain't going to admit that. Of course, that takes a lot of pride not to do that. But that is what it is. And once you understand that, you understand. That's why when we get upset, when, when you they get upset, when you neglect them, when you don't spend time with them, when they love you and you're nowhere to be seen. Got a client now. His wife's out mad because his his husband, her husband, has to work twelve hours a day. Then he goes to church for a minute, adoration for a half hour. Then he comes home and he cooks dinner. He does all the stuff he's supposed to do, and she's mad at him because he ain't spending no time over years and stuff like that. So, you know, women, you've got to understand, once you understand your wife and how she thinks and, and, and her nature, man, it's easier for you to deal with her and to love her better, okay? But most guys think, well, I got her. We didn't have these kids. Well, now what? Move on. Must have to make some money. Well, that is the biggest mistake that we make, okay? And so when it comes to intimacy, we won't research and we won't go, you know, we'll go watch pornography or something like that and think that's real intimacy and that's not. So what we got to do is my job as your coach is try to teach you what intimacy is really about. That way you don't make so many mistakes and your wife doesn't think you're selfish. Okay. Um, the concept, the concepts of authentic masculinity are not given to us as we grew up. A lot of us aren't given even the basics of how to be a man of what authentic masculinity is. And the best way I can teach you is to show you is the man on the cross. That's how you do it. People, people think that Jesus was weak, he was soft, he's a punk, he's a wuss. No, he wasn't. He was strong. He gave his life for the infinite sin of the universe. 
because he is God to come down in an embryo in a woman's body. Do you know for God what that would mean? Like to go through that torture of I'm this omniscient being. I am the king and the creator of the universe. Well, I got to go say these fools because they won't act right. <laughs> so I got to come in this woman, this, this creature's womb and be born. Then I got to go through my whole life and I've got to get up and use the bathroom. I got to take a, I got to urinate. I got to uh, probably get a, he probably get no spankings because Jesus was probably a real good kid. So he probably get no spankings. But you know what I mean? He got to go to work. He got to, by the spirit of his brow, you know, then he gets tortured and crucified. I mean, think about all of that, man. Betrayed. That's a punk. And then you know, no, that's not. That's a real man. He gave his life for something more than himself. And this is what true and authentic masculinity is. You don't bitch. You don't whine. You don't complain. You do your job. You do your duty. But see, today, man, we got this emotional thing we got going on. Oh, my feelings. Oh, my feelings. Oh, my feelings. Oh, my feelings. Where your feelings get you in trouble. Why? Because feelings are fleeting. Let your wife deal in feelings. Your job is to nurture her and to love her and to, and to, and to bring her through all this stuff. If you got two emotional people crying and, and bitching and whining all the time, what do you have? A marriage in crisis. All right. So next, why do men focus more on themselves during the mental embrace instead of their wives? Well, men are not taught or conditioned these days to control ourselves, themselves. Okay. Now, this is a this is this is one thing that that many men don't understand. As a man, we 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 must control ourselves. That is the mark of masculinity. Our whole lives. You know, we are called to control ourselves, but nobody really makes us. Well, in society, once you grow up and you get past 18, if you lose control in the wrong way, they just put you in prison, right? That's how they control you. But as a man, you must, in your home, you cannot lose control. You cannot be yelling. You can't not be getting mad at the kids and get mad at your wife and not be logical and be calm. Why? Because they will they won't follow you. They won't they'll, they'll be afraid of you. They'll they, they won't respect you because you know you can't keep control. I had a wife one time tell me he can't even keep control of himself. Every time we have a every time we talk, he starts arguing with me. He starts bitching and fighting with me. That is not gonna garner you any kind of respect, gentlemen. Arguing and fighting with your wife is not gonna is not gonna garner you any respect. Matter of fact, you are losing control and you not are a true man. You are not a true man. And so what happens? This carries over into the marital embrace, doesn't it? If you can't control yourself outside the bedroom, how are you going to control yourself inside the bedroom? You can't because you don't have the right mindset. Okay. Emotion and the way we feel is the way we're brought up these days. Men are not taught. Uh, men are not taught what sex truly is, why it is important and how intimacy inside and outside the bedroom can enhance his relationship with God, his wife, and his family. And I just explained that. Fellas, please learn to control yourself as Jesus Christ did. Once you learn how to do that, then you're on the road. But as long as you're this whiny, needy, weak, oh, you know, why are they doing this? And why can't you do that? You know, point out all your wife's faults. D does that ever solve anything? No, it doesn't. Somebody in the relationship has to be an adult. And guess who's charged to do that? That's you. Why? Because in the Garden of Eden, God tasked Adam to name everything, which means what? Once you name something, you're responsible for it. So this is why men are responsible for their house and everything in it. The trash, the diapers, the dishes, all the money, the happiness of, the, of your wife and your kids and all that stuff. You've got to create an environment in your home where your wife and kids and you can flourish spiritually, psychologically, and emotionally. And if you don't, if you don't create that in your home, you're going to have marriage crisis. You're going to be in trouble. Okay. Next, okay. Uh, why can't why can't the ultimate goal for a man during the marital embrace be to orgasm or to climax or to ejaculate, whatever you want to say? I talked about that earlier. 
earlier. First, it keeps fo- the focus on self. Again, if we as a man, our ultimate goal is to to uh, lose control at the end of the sex session, if that's all we're thinking about doing the whole time, then what happens is we, we lose focus on what's more important. And what's more important at that time is our wife. Why? Because women rise very slowly. I mean, unless you got an old young girl or some, you know, you got an old young 18-year-old wife or some. Yeah, but that that don't, I'm telling you, gentlemen, that does not last. It doesn't. It doesn't last. The older your wife gets, well, she starts to lose hormones just like a man does. She starts to lose hormones. She's not as fertile. And over the years, you know, she calms down. It's not the same. 99% of the time, women and even young girls, they rise slowly, a lot slowly than you do as a man. But the great thing is they fall slowly, too. And so if you know this, then you know that I can't be messing around. I've got to stay focused on her at all times or what will happen is I will lose control. And then the sex session is over. Okay, Um, a husband forgets that sex is not about him, but God and his wife. You need God in your bedroom because of grace. You need God in your bedroom because of grace that you you want you and your wife's love to be not eroticism or lust. You want you and your wife's love to be intimate, to be intimacy, to be include God in it, to to um, to make your love grow to make your love flourish. Why? So that your wife feels so loved that she spreads outside the bedroom. She spreads your love to your children, to your friends, to your church community, to, to everybody that'll listen. And this what men don't understand. It's not our fault. It's not men's fault because we're not taught this stuff. We think, oh, sex is sex. No, it's not. It's far from it. God wouldn't just come. God would not just create something to be that is what it is. No, everything that that the creator creates, it has multiple and multiple reasons for that. Okay, you've got to understand that we are not made from monkeys, gentlemen. We are made from a creator. We did not we did not evolve from monkeys. We came from a creator. So we're designed and it's obvious that we are because it's too intricate. Things are too intricate. Why does your wife during the mental embrace rise slowly? And then why does she rise lower? Why did God? That is not a nat. That's natural, but it's a reason for that. Okay. It's always reasons for stuff. And we're monkeys don't know that if we were monkeys, we wouldn't know that. <laughs> okay. So um, women, so uh, women rise slowly and fall slowly. If he focuses on his pleasure, he will lose control before your his wife is completely fulfilled. Okay, women do not. Women rise slowly and fall slowly because men they men must sacrifice to be able to please them. Because if women were all just quick like men or nobody, I mean, the dude, what what are you what are you sacrificing? You're not sacrificing nothing. Another thing too. Women rise slowly and fall slowly to give you and her time to learn each other and to be intimate and for you as the husband to learn her mysteries, to learn what your wife is really about. Having sex for 5, 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes ain't about nothing. Ain't about nothing. And then quickies are even worse. Well, we're just going to go in here and rock real quick for two or three minutes and then it's done. Okay, what did you accomplish? You just got to release. So is that real love? Is that real intimacy? Is your wife... Does your wife feel that you loved her after that after that session, or did she just feel good for for about, about two three minutes, and you felt good for two or three minutes? Okay, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you do what you want to do. It's your marriage, but I'm telling you, if you want to keep your wife around for a lifetime, you've got to learn what intimacy is about, what true intimacy is about, and then it's your job as a man to start cultivating that. Okay, next, if a wife. Constantly over months and years does not climax. What is the consequences for her, the husband and the marriage? Now, look, these questions I'm asking, you think, dang, Jerry, you're going to look deep. You're going to little, you know, to whatever, you know, you have people feel about sex. I don't care. I know what works and I know what it is. Hell, what is it? Uh, uh, St. Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Alphonse of Gori ask these same kind of questions to each other, to, you know, ask these same kind of questions. 
like one of the questions they asked is they asked was like if a woman puts her mouth on her husband's penis is that is that morally illicit okay you've got to ask questions the right questions in order to get the answers in order to understand we're not talking about pornography that's another thing people 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 align talking about sex with pornography because they're disordered People who can't talk about sex in a in a logical and understanding and a godly way, they're disordered. They think, well, sex is dirty. No, sex is not dirty. So you're saying God's dirty. That's basically what you're saying. No, sex is only dirty when you talk about it in a non, in a lustful or erotic type of way or in a pornographic kind of way. And we're in and, and most people that are in the in the in the uh coaching world or in the um or in the church, we don't talk about sex like that. We sometimes you have to talk about ask certain questions so that people, so that the person you're you're talking to can really understand the point of what's being said. Okay, you can't talk in foggy language. Okay, you got to talk straight out sometimes. And sex is one of those subjects where if you try to talk cloudy and foggy, people don't understand what you're saying. Okay. So if a wife constantly over months and years does not climax, what is the consequences for her, the husband and the marriage? Well, first of all, she will see him as selfish. We talked about that. Okay. Selfishness is the murder of marriage. We talked about that in the last couple episodes. Your wife will become, well, I'm not going to say your wife. I should say a wife. A wife will become bored with lovemaking. Men don't understand that if, if I, as a husband, do not fulfill my wife, you got to understand, too, that fulfillment for a woman is sexual and it, 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 sex, sex is um, combined, is connected to a woman's fulfillment. It's not just a sexual thing. It's her fulfillment as a woman, which means like my life is going somewhere. I'm fulfilled as a woman. My husband loves me. My kids love me. I have a full life. I'm not my life. I'm not wasting my life. That's what fulfillment means, right? So, for women, that and sexual fulfillment are together. They're really not separate. And we'll go into that more at a later time because that's a very complicated type of thing. Okay. Um, next, so when a woman is not fulfilled during the marital embrace, she doesn't want to make love anymore because why? She's not having fun. It's a chore. And that's another thing guys don't, you know, guys, I know how, especially when we're young, we don't really think about things, you know, that's why I don't understand how, <laughs> I don't understand how John F. Kennedy was president at 35 years old. I, I really don't. I mean, because 35 year olds today, oh my God. But back then, I will say, I think people were a lot more mature, you know, um, but this is my point that. When we're young, we don't really think about stuff. And plus, things move so fast when you're young, too. You know, thoughts and stuff and knowledge. It moves really fast. Uh, and so men don't really think about it that, you know, that my wife, yeah, is she is she having fun? But over time, if a woman, a wife is not having fun, sex becomes a chore. She doesn't want to make love anymore because, it's, you know, it's been weeks or months or years since she's even had a, a, a sexual peak and women are very loyal. And, and for the most part, women are very loyal and loving and nurturing and caring. And if they love you, they will just put up with it. But even the best women, the most loving, loyal women have a limit because most, and I can understand what a woman thinks. Well, he's a bad lover now, but as we get older, he's going to get better. Or, he was a great lover when we started out, but now the 10 years or 15 years, he's not very attentive anymore. So what's wrong? And so they think, well, he'll get better. He'll, he'll, he'll come out of it because women love us and they always give us the benefit of the doubt. But even, like I said, even the most loyal, loving women, they have a limit. Okay. And they will stop wanting to make love to their husband if he doesn't get it together. Why? Yes, it is a mortal sin for a wife to deny her husband the marital embrace. It is a mortal sin for a husband to deny his wife the marital embrace. What does mortal mean? It means death. 
mortal sin means a grave against God. And that means that's a hell offense. That's a hell offense. That means if you die today, you are going to hell. You don't pass go. And you don't get two hundred dollars. OK, it's time that we start understanding that it's not a joke. OK, so when a woman denies her husband the marital embrace, she is effectively a mortal sin. Why? Because she's interfering with creation. Even if you can't have babies anymore, it is still a mortal sin to deny your husband the uh, 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 deny your husband sex. Why? Because of the third reason for marriage, the unity of the spouses. Okay. We are called to be unified as a husband and wife and the intimacy of sex keeps that emotional connection going. All right. So um, your wife may refuse to even make love to you at all. She might, you know, even though she might come down instead of, you know, do it because it's a chore after a while, she just won't make love to you at all. Like I just said, she will see the marital embrace as a chore instead of a chance for unity with her beloved. The emotional connection with all will all but leave the marriage. Another thing people don't understand, too, is just because you're older, that does not mean you should not be having sex. Just because you're older does not mean that your desires as a man and a woman go away. Women are different because they enter menopause. Their hormones go. Men are always fertile. So men can have a baby up until they're die until they die if they're 100 years old or whatever. Women they can't have that. So God takes away their fertility and menopause, and then because well, their body really couldn't handle a baby anyway at 80 years old, right? It's too traumatic. But women in menopause still every now and then want to make love. They have that feeling, and they want to make love to their husband. It's called unity, okay? And so. People think, well, the older I get, well, we shouldn't be having sex. That is so far from the truth. The reason old people don't have sex, you know why? Because something's wrong with them. They got diabetes. They can't walk. They got ED, um, whatever. You know, they're sick. They have cancer, whatever. They have, you know, all these, they get sickly. That's the main reason. But if you if you look, if you look at an 85-year-old man that's still, he's, and he's not sick, or sickly man, he's vital. He likes wants to make love. I talk to him all the time. Seventy-five years old and stuff. They want to make love too, and women do too. Not just not as often. Okay, so that's important. So the emotional connection. Let's see. Um, he will be then you as a husband. If your wife doesn't make love to you, you will become frustrated with her and resentful. This is the reason why women you should not not make love to your husband. You talk about it. Sure, I understand that sometimes that is the only way a man will listen because we hard-headed. If I give him sex, if I keep giving him sex, he thinks things are okay. And you know what, women, that's the truth. Men think if you keep, if, I, if we're having, I heard a guy tell me the other day, well, we were still having sex, everything was cool. I said, dude, just because you're having sex don't mean it's don't mean it's, everything's good. Okay? But men, we really think that. That's not true. See, that comes with men being hard-headed and not knowing the, learning the mysteries of their wife. You think you know your wife and you don't. You don't know your wife. Even I don't know my wife. And me and my wife have one of the best marriages I've ever seen in the history of the, of, of the world. But guess what? I don't know her. Oh, I don't know everything about her. But you know what? The difference between me and the difference between most men is I never stop learning my wife. Never, ever, ever. I never think I know everything. I'm always curious. Curiosity is a great thing in marriage. The more curious you are about your spouse, the more they will talk to you, the more they will love you, the more they will tell you about themselves so that you will know. But most people think, well, we've been married 50 years. I already know everything. Had a dude tell me that a couple weeks ago. Well, we've been married 20 years. I know everything. See, man, that's mistake one right there. That really pisses me off, too. That really pisses me off when guys say that. You know why? Because that means just being lazy. You're just being lazy, and you don't want to do nothing to fix yourself. You want your wife to do everything. And you get mad at her. No. You've got to learn to love your wife and the way you just like with God. People get mad. It makes me mad about that too. He ain't, but God is absent God. Well, you know why? You know the reason why God's an absent God to you? Because you don't know him. You don't try to grow to him. You don't pray. You don't go to church. You don't go to mass. You don't take the sacraments. You don't even inquire about God. So, of course, you don't know God. Of course, to you, he's an absent God. Of course. 
Knowledge is love. Once you know a thing, once you know a person, once you know an omnitician being like God, then you start to love them and you start to understand them. You get knowledge of them. It's really simple, man, when you really think about it. But people are lazy. We are lazy. We just want to think about ourselves. Okay. Which is what we talked about earlier about being born selfish. Okay. So, um, uh, our wife, our husband, he will start to blame her and think she doesn't love him. You know, that's another reason women, if you don't make love to your husband, men are different. If you don't make love to your husband, he's going to think you don't love him. And you don't want a man just like you. You don't want a man does not want his wife to not think that she loves him. And on the controversy, a woman does not want a man to think he don't love her because things change. The trust goes, all kind of stuff starts happening. If I don't trust you, you don't trust me, then kind of like the marriage just starts to go real fast. Okay. This is why intimacy is so important. It really is because you get to know each other when you do it properly. Okay. And people, I had a man tell me, a matter of fact, a deacon of the Catholic church told me, Jerry, what? He said, Jerry, he said, Jerry, why is, why is sex like Jerry's way? Why do you always do sex? Just sex didn't say my way. Dude, this is the way, listen, this is the way that it works. Okay. You could, this is, this is, that lets me know when a person asks questions like that, that means they not, they don't know. They don't, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. If what I'm saying, if what I'm saying, I know most people listening to this, what I'm saying resonates with you. You're going, dang, you know what? If you just sit there and think about what I'm saying, you go, man, that's, that's right. That's, I had to go through the same thing, man. I did this stuff just didn't come to me, man. I had to learn it. I had to, I had to put it into practice, but it works. It works, man. When you start understanding intimacy and the marital embrace, it kicks your marriage into overdrive for the rest of your life, not just for five or 10 years, for the rest of your life. But you are the leader. You as the man are the leader and you have to make sure that you understand these things. Okay. Okay. So that's that. Um, after the break, I hope you guys got something out of that. That's that's a little bit of, of part one the overview. Then after the break, we're going to go a little bit more to it, and we will be done for today. Ba-bam! If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right, all right, gentlemen, we are back. I hope y'all enjoying today's show. I really do. You know, I understand that this is a lot of stuff. I really do. Um, you know, and I understand your head's probably going all over the place going, dang, Jerry, you putting all this stuff on me, man. Slow down, brother. I can't slow down. <laughs> I can't slow down, brother. I got too much to do to play too many places to go. Right. And and the thing about it is. You know, the podcast is designed to give you a taste of what your marriage can be. And if you really want to fix it and be great at it, then you have to you join the program. You go get some more help. And that's how you do it. OK, but as far as that, my job is to move, get things, keep things moving, keep throwing the information at you. And hopefully one day you will realize that, you know, that you want a great marriage and legendary marriage, too, and understand all this stuff. Intimacy is a very complicated thing. I'm not sitting here going to lie about it. Sex is a very complicated thing. It really is. When you really start to kind of, it's like the meaning of life, right? 
when you really start to think about the meaning of life, it becomes very complicated, doesn't it? Sex is the same way. Intimacy is the same way. Marriage is the same way. A lot of guys come to me when they first come to me, they go, well, man, you know, I'm going to fix it. Then I can go back to where I was. Okay, well, see, if you come in, if you're going to think you're going to fix and get your wife back and then go back to the way you was, then you're going to be in the same place that you are now in another five years. Because women, once they know your game, they ain't stupid. Once they know your game, they are not trying to go back to that. Okay, so they can tell if you're just doing this just to get them back. You know, they'll give you a couple, two or three or four chances. But once they get fed up and they get like to their to their limit, we're like, I've reached my limit. They just don't take you back like that. They they make you work for it. And it's, it's sad on both sides, the husband's side and the wife's side. OK, so we are back and we're going to hit uh, the second part of this overview for the day. So how to save your marriage when your wife is giving up six reasons the marital embrace is more important for women and why. And I hope I have answered some of that. Okay. Now I've done in this first part, in that first part, the first segment, I've done a lot of general knowledge that, that you should know. Uh, but uh, tomorrow, I mean, I should, well, I should say the next show, um, the next show, we're going to bring up uh, St. Paul, St. Pope Paul John II um, and um, talk about his book, Love and Responsibility. And this is what he wrote before he was pope and, you know, how the church thinks about how the church thinks about sex and intimacy. And believe it or not, he's talking about the same stuff I'm talking about. See, a lot of stuff y'all think I talked about. I don't know what you think because I'm, you know, I'm not going to put words in your head, but I would presume that a lot of stuff that you guys think I talk about, like I just came up with that stuff. No, I didn't. Some stuff is my thoughts and me refining things over years in my experience. But the core of the stuff, the core of the stuff comes from the Catholic Church, man. This is why you just can't rely on scripture. Because scripture is what it is. It's scripture. It's, it's like it's for a believer. It's like, boom, these are the rules. This is what you do. These are the stories. Learn from that. But you got to remember the scripture had to be interpreted. So that is up to the doctors of the church, the Catholic church, the magisterium of the church, the saints of the church, the doctors of the church, the theologians of the church. It's very, very important that we understand that. Okay. Um, this stuff comes from the Catholic church. Why? Because for 2000 years, they know what we, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> we Christ put us in charge of what's happening. Okay, and so if you are, or if you are a Protestant, which means you are a Baptist, a Lutheran, or a Jehovah's Witness, or something like that, that's a good place to start. But what I try to get guys to understand is that is just the beginning. That's just the beginning. You you have to move forward. You have to grow in Christ, grow in God, and what that usually does. If the the further you grow, the Protestantism. It always comes to a stop. It always comes to a stop. Always. You know why? Because scripture only takes you so far as a human person. So scripture is great to know scripture. Like I said, and, and a lot of Protestants know the Bible backwards and forwards. That's they that's they thing. But it, if you're just looking at the word, which the word is Christ, but the word is also Christ himself. So Christ left a lot of other things behind that were transferred by mouth. And so that is where the church comes in. The church has over 5,000 documents and parchments on these things. This is how we could, and then we have mystics, and then mystics are people who are like St. Faustina, who was shown the vision of hell. She was shown the vision of purgatory. She was shown the vision of, um, of, of heaven. And so these things are documented in the church. You know, if you're a mystic, if you think like people say, well, they speak in tongues. No, you don't. First of all, if you're speaking in tongue, and you don't know what you're saying. Then you're not speaking in tongue. Right. <laughs> OK. You, you know. OK. If there's a reason that we if, if you if someone truly has that gift, it's, it's for a purpose. It helps people. If a person's just sitting there speaking in tongues or that you can't understand what they're saying, is that helping anybody? Who's that helping? Right. So that's what I'm saying. It, the church, if you really think you're a mystic, if you really think you can speak in tongues, well, call a Catholic church. The Catholic church will send out investigators and they will investigate if what you're saying is true. That's all you do. 
And the Catholic Church has sent them because the Catholic Church is about proving we, we created science. The Catholic Church and God created science. So they're going to scientifically and illogically figure out if what you're saying is the truth. Okay. So with that being said, the things that I come over, I talk about come from most of it comes from the church. Okay. So tomorrow, the things that I'm talking about, about we are duty bound as a man to give, um, to give our, um, um, to give our wife at least one climax and doing the marital embrace. That don't come from me. <laughs> it don't. It comes from uh, St. Paul too. <laughs> so, that's what I said. You got to talk about sex so you can understand what's going on. All right. So let's get going. So give 25 states. I just stated. I'm going to state it again. So now what happened in the scenario above with the guy was, you know, the, the guy that went out to dinner. I mean, when I first started the show, he went out to dinner and he had all this food and then he came home and he was trying to make love to his wife and he petered out in five minutes because he was full and, and he was bloated and he passed out. And then his wife was sitting there up there watching TV by herself while he's sitting there snoring. So what happened was what happened on the scenario above and why was it bad? What happened is no one told this poor man that he's a crappy. He's crappy in the intimacy department. Our society is so hypocritical. All we do is sell sex. Think about sex. Read about sex. Every show on TV exploits sex. Radio shows, every ad has undercurrents about sex. Well, then what's the problem? Well, we should all be experts, right? Of course we're not. You know why? Because no one ever, ever talks about anything meaningful, meaningful when speaking about sex. This holds true even in marriage. Couples don't really discuss one of the most essential elements of their marriage. Why? Because they're hypocrites. People will go out. People will go out. It just amazes me how people will go out and tell everybody about their wife's and their sex thing, how she's not doing this and she's not doing that. A, hug, a wife will go out and tell everybody about how bad her marriage it is and how he ain't doing this and who he ain't doing that. But she won't sit down and talk to her husband in a logical, unemotional way to get him to understand that she really means business. And same with men. Okay. Basically, she won't tell him anything and he won't tell her anything. I mean, anything of value such as how can they better satisfy each other or what marital intimacy really means in the big scheme of their marriage or the big one. The wife won't tell her husband, the father of her children, that she isn't having fulfilled sexual experiences with him. I mean, you would think this little tidbit of information would be important. But here's the thing on a woman's side. This is the reason women don't tell us about sex, guys. They don't tell us that we're bad lovers. You know why? First first of all, if you're one of them guys, every time your wife tells you something, you start saying, oh, you're just imagining that. Or shut up. What you're talking about don't mean nothing. Or you make her feel belittled and stuff like that. Or you don't listen to her. That's why she ain't telling you. Because she feels she can't talk to you. Another reason that women don't tell men about bad sex is because they don't want to hurt their feelings. And that is those two are very prevalent, like uh, uh, women, when they love you and want to be loved by you and, and hold you dear in their heart, they will almost do anything not to hurt you. This is why you need a woman and a man in a marriage when it comes to kids, because women let kids do whatever the heck they want, unless a woman was bought up in a home where the discipline was good and it was it was it was good, like. She, she, you know, she saw her brothers get a butt whooping when they didn't act right, but the father was loving and told her why. And, you know, that kind of relationship, you know, if a woman or people, most people today say they don't, they, I would never hit my kid. Well, you're going against the Bible first. You're going against the, the teaching of the church. Okay. First of all, second of all is most of those people grew up in a home where the father and the mother weren't loving discipliners. Like you, if you spank your kid, you got a, your, your kid, you know, you gave your kid 10 chances or three chances or whatever, and the kid didn't act right. And you still, you know, and you, you put, you punished the kid. You took the kid's phone away and did everything he's supposed to do. And the kid's still acting up. Well, you only got one thing left. That's to whoop his butt. Cause most kids respond to that. But if you wait until they're 15, they ain't going to respond to that. Right. So this is what I'm saying. You, you've got to, you need a man and a woman in the home to discipline because women are going to let most for the most part, let kids do whatever they want. 
They'll give them whatever they want. Why? Because they love them. They want to nurture them. They want to, you know, but men go, wait a minute, that ain't right. We you know we can't just give kids whatever they want. We got to discipline them and make them do their chores and make them do what they're supposed to do. And that's why you have that beautiful balance between mother and father. This is why when a woman leaves her husband and takes the kids and then she starts, women, women are terrible. Women are, for the most part, terrible soul parents because they don't know how to cut off their emotions. They like give the kid whatever they want. And then the woman gets out there on her own and goes, oh, my God, I got to be daddy. And then she starts to see, oh, I just can't keep giving him all he all, all my son, all he wants. Right. Um, well, because the daddy's not around to balance her out. So now she sees I got to be mother and father. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Dudes are better single parents because why? Because discipline works better than just emotion and just giving people stuff and, and, and catering to their wants and desi- and their wants and stuff. Okay. So that being said, um, I mean, you would think that, um, so, but a friend, she can like, like the mother and the, I mean, I'm sorry, the husband and wife, they can tell everybody, everything. They can tell their friends or family about their bad marriages is, uh, about how bad their marriage is. But somebody please tell me what does telling a friend do to save your marriage? How does that, or how does it going to help? No, no, you, you don't understand that when you tell a friend about how bad your marriage is, that friend is going to most of the time say, uh, well, if you're not happy, leave. It's going to come around to that subject. And we don't want that. Okay. And it doesn't help. Look, talking about sex could be uncomfortable, especially for men. Most of the talk, if not all of it, is about eroticism, you know, or pornography, things like that. With men, it's about how many women we conquered and what they did to us and for us, all trying to boost up our egos. I'm not saying all men are like that, but that's kind of where we come from, right? All right. So no one ever takes the time to really sit down and get to the core of sexuality, its purpose and why we have it and why the father created it for us. Same thing with marriage, right? We are so ignorant as to why we even get married. Sex is about intimacy, not eroticism. This is what our society is about, okay? And this, my friend, is why men are so clueless about the mental embrace. Again, it's not really men's fault. It's just how we grew up in society because the church is pulled back. People, men, a priest and, and pastors don't really preach on about intimacy and stuff. They really don't. There's nothing wrong with it. You know, and I know there are kids in the pews and stuff, but you can talk about intimacy in a way. I mean, I don't mean like sex itself. I mean, but intimacy, like as a man, a woman, like how to be more intimate with each other and how to cultivate. Right. Um, And so that's kind of where I'm going. So and this, my friend, is why men are so clueless. They haven't been formed correctly. They haven't been taught or conditioned on the proper ways to make love to their beloved wife. Don't trust me don't believe me, well, just look at the divorce rate. What is what? 50%. Some people say 60%. With 25% of the remaining 50% married but in total misery. We only talk about the divorces. We don't talk about we don't talk about the people that are married, how miserable they are. They just ain't divorced or they're in a mediocre marriage, right? That is just going along to get along. They're just surviving, not thriving, right? And what about what about this new thing that's gonna come out? 70 to 80 percent of the divorces filed are filed by who? Women. 70 to 80 percent of divorces filed are filed by women. Okay. And they say we shouldn't talk about sex or bring God into the bedroom, right? I'm telling you, this is how important sex is to women. You got to understand, women are unfulfilled as women these days. The feminism thing they start to see is a lie. But the problem is they can't break the hold of the feminism thing, the feminazi thing. They can't break it because it's ingrained in our society and women are miserable. Just talk to them. Listen to them. They'll tell you. They're not going to say it's feminism. But if you listen to your wife, she'll tell you. My wife says all the time that we drunk, that they drunk the Kool-Aid. They drunk it. They drunk all of it. And guess what? They're miserable. And men, we allowed it. We sat back as men and allowed it. It ain't all women's fault. It's men's fault, too. We as men sat back and allowed that crap to happen. And now look at our society. 70 to 80% of women that are divorced or filed, 
70, 80% of divorces that are even filed are filed by women. That is a lot, isn't it? So what's going on? Well, people over time begin to take their beloved for granted. They forget how to love them. They, in fact, over time forget about true intimacy, self-giving, and the sacrifice of one another. Without these three core things, your marriage is doomed to failure. This is why intimacy is so, is so important in marriage. It keeps us close to each other at all times. It keeps us best friends. It keeps us close and one flesh with the Father, who is God. The husband above is only doing what he was taught or what he figured out on his own, which most of the time is lacking in what true sexuality, intimacy, and closeness is really about. Let's discuss a few things that are important for us to understand as we move forward. I want to give you a reason, a purpose, a mission as to why you should change your mindset when it comes to intimacy. Again, we in this society are hypocritical. We only speak about the surface of our sexuality. But when someone wants to really discuss it or write about it, we get all clammed up and righteous, right? We start shying away and rationalizing, oh, that's dirty or immoral. Or we try to bring the father into it saying, oh, that's impure, right? In fact, giving us a way out of the discussion, releasing us from the duty of having talk, having to talk about it in any meaningful way. So look, this thing, there's a study called by Matt Madison Johnson many, many years ago. And men, many men, um, don't, this, this is going to drive home my whole point about this whole thing. Um, and that is, uh, that is that 75% of men are premature ejaculators. Okay. That's only part of it. The other part is 90% of women never experience a deep and fulfilling intimate experience. This is why they found out for divorce. Because <laughs> 90% of them ain't fulfilled. They ain't happy about nothing. Okay? This is important. Okay? So, Teresa Strange says, Tenderness and affection constitute the inner soul of human sexuality. Amen, sister. Amen. Okay? So, so, um, because we may have forgotten how to sacrifice ourselves for our wives to, in fact, be her hero, her protector, her champion. Yep, I said it. We are letting our wives down in so many ways, but we can bounce back. We can change. We can make it better and we can change. We can be we can be the one in control of our wives fulfillment, her security and happiness. But in order to do this, we must educate ourselves, become knowledgeable in the areas of marriage, intimacy and Christ. Then only then can we get on the road to becoming the man God is calling us to be. Bam! As well as the husband our beautiful wife needs. So, now that now with the help of St. Pope John Paul II, we will go into the Catholic Church's view on intimacy and fulfillment, complete fulfillment of a wife. Okay. Um, so tomorrow we will begin. That is the end of part one. Um, and tomorrow we will we will uh start part two. But I just wanted you guys today to get a feel of what we're gonna go with, how important that what this gift of a holy lover really is. Um, sex is just not sex. God did not, is, that's not how God works. We all know that instinctually, but sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget. And so it's, it's good that we think about these things because um, as a man now, if you listen to me the last month, month and a half, it's all been about intimacy. The reason why is because, well, that's the part of the holy lover gift series that I'm on. But the main thing is it, it should be teaching you that the intimacy is very important and what we do it, how we do it, how our wife feels about it, what she needs and what she doesn't need, her body and all of these things. Um, um, they, you know, it's all of these things that we must learn about our wife's body and how she is and her and how things affect her, how sex affects her. It's all important, man. If you want to, if you really want to love your wife, you've got to learn about intimacy. And, and intimacy outside the bedroom, we're gonna that's a, that's another holy lover gift too that we'll go into probably in a couple next week or so. Um, but intimacy inside the bedroom is just as important as intimacy outside, and vice versa. Okay. So with that being said, we will take a quick break and then we will be back and be out of here.
If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, and so again tomorrow, um, on the next show we will get into Saint Pope John Paul II's and the Church's view on the marital embrace between spouses and the complete fulfillment of each during the marital embrace. Okay, so I hope you guys will uh, will show up for the next show. The next show is of course tomorrow, which will be uh, what's today Wednesday, so it'll be Thursday. Um, and I hope that you, like I said, I hope today that you learned some things. And I hope that 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 motivates you to want to learn more. And so with that being said, we are in conclusion. We will conclude, as we always do, with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, which states, society offers you comfort, but you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. Now go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is up on you. Fast, pray, and prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Tuesday through Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang!